Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, where your humble, happy host broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, my lovely bride of oh my god, 26 years. And I mean that in a good. I mean that in a good way. Welcome to today's radio show. Thank you, and likewise. <laughs> I what guess part? maybe another case of, of uh, too soon to tell and all that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, no, it's fine. <laughs> well, I thought I was trying to surprise you and take you off guard. Did I do it? No, I'm used to you. <laughs> okay, unfortunately or fortunately. Right, yeah, I'll try so let's. Listen, guys, uh, Julie had a great show idea yesterday based on a lot of the emails and comments we're getting on our private Facebook group. Um, you guys are now in the thick of it, some of you who are still stuck with having to deal with buyers, yuck, and or you're having sellers that have to become buyers to purchase their next house, and you're trying to figure out how to be more competitive in the marketplace. We are going to give you very, very direct, eight direct points, um, and I want you to write them down. These aren't going to be think-about points. These aren't going to be pontificate points. These are going to be action points that are going to put you into action as you go into the uh, end of the uh, obviously the weekend and we can start hopefully helping you guys put some more stuff in contract um, so remember first of all before we get to those points and Julie hopefully you have some folks you want to acknowledge before we get to those points there are houses that are being sold and there are in for the most part those houses are going to the agents that have the listings in other words the listing agents are double ending a lot of these listings so just True. before we get to our specific tactical buyer points just remember that the number one thing you have to have at the top of your mind in the front of your mind, uh, how about this tattooed on your mind, is learn how to become a listing agent because that's where your freedom is going to come from. I assure you guys, the listing agents are the ones that are almost always selling this to themselves, to their own buyers. That's where the market's headed in your market if you're feeling a lack of inventory. There was an interesting report that came out, and I say interesting with quotes from NAR today, that said uh, that basically pending home sales are at the highest point since since 2007. Um, So is that a good thing? I think we can say yes, but it's also a potential bad thing because what happened in the third and fourth quarter of 2007? Well, if you weren't selling real estate, it's probably at least half of you. So about 50,000 of you weren't selling real estate or more in 2007. I'll tell you what happened. In September of 2007 is when the first subprime mortgage company failed, and that was the do- a domino that led to many, 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 many other dominoes falling. And so do I think we're at the precipice of something like that? Possibly. I don't know. I can't know for cer- I can't know for certain. But you know, the one way you can offset whatever is going to happen next in your market or in the nation's market or the economy or whatever is basically proceeding with the idea that you have to uh, you know do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level and prepare for the worst but hope for the best. Um, don't be fearful of a changing market. Don't be fearful of a market that's even like the one that was back during the the real estate crash because you can make money no matter what direction the market's going. Um, you know, Julie and I had a um, coaching client, and I always remember this guy. His name was, I think, it was Bob. <laughs> he went by Bobby. Anyway, he was—he used to sell stocks and securities, and we took him on as a client back in like oh eight, oh nine. And he told me a story about like I was trying to—I I think I was trying to figure out how to articulate better to agents the fact that you don't have to fear a declining market. And he gave me an example. He said, Tim, back when I was selling securities, you know, stocks and whatnot. 
doesn't matter what direction the market's headed, we still made our commission every time a share of stock was sold. So, yeah, we may have, you know, our industry may have gotten on the news and act like we were all depressed that, you know, so many people were selling off, but we are getting paid when they were selling off. And, you know, when the market, in the right, it was a bull market and everyone was going crazy, they were getting paid as people were buying shares of stock. So the same thing is true in real estate. There's still transactions to be had. There's still buyers and sellers. It just shifts. And if the market does change, you guys are in the right place. You know, a lot of you, through our coaching, let's just say it what it is, during the recession, made fortunes. And if that market does pivot back in that direction in a meaningful way, even if it's only in part of the country, if it's not the entire country, we've got your back, so you don't need to worry. So we're going to be talking today about how to win when you've got the buyer, how to get the buyer in contract, how to make it so that you win more buyer sales. And I'm especially focusing on those of you who have houses, or I'm sorry, sellers that need to purchase, and maybe that's part of the transaction. They have to find something they like or whatever. So we're really going to be helping you guys drill down on how to win more often. And the secret sauce to selling the deal to your uh, for your buyer. So, Julie, before uh, we get to point number one, uh, anyone you'd like to acknowledge? Yes, actually, this email is what caused me to create this uh, talk today on the podcast, as well as many uh, specific requests from my Premier Coaching members. This is a hot topic in that class, of course. And this email, just quickly, is from Tracy Duggan in Memphis. So Memphis referrals can go her way. Um, she said, she titled her email, this is going to sound crazy, but I had to share it with you. My broker teaches me to do everything electronically. I do all contracts by e-sign, all of my paperwork, etc. However, I've had clients lose out on deals because it takes me a while to get their signatures back. While I'm still doing paperwork, waiting for signatures, Other the listing agents are getting contracts accepted. So... Today, I took one of those same clients out to a house that I knew they'd love, and I bucked the trend. I took all the paperwork, that's right, real paper, with me, and ink pens. Laugh out loud. Forget the computer. I wasn't going to lose this one. She asked how long before, the client asked how long before I could get the contract, and I said, I've got it right here. She turned to her husband and said, see, this is why we love her. The moral is, when I was doubting myself about whether to do it this way or not, I could hear your voice saying, duh, yes, if it makes you money and doesn't lose you money, then yes, do it. So I had to share it with you. Um, so Tracy, and you know, Tracy's email reminded me a few weeks back of Juliana Cox in Nashville, another great Tennessee agent, who had brought up the fact that instead of going back to the office, doing all the DocuSign, she was the first to show a property. She was the first to get them in. She put them in the back seat of her car, plugged her computer in, wrote the contract, you know, basically got her stuff done before anyone else. So urgency seems to be the theme here, and then I decided to spin that into our radio show topic of the day. So, so point number one, and yes, that's great. So point number one, and I like this point, go old school. Hey, guys, guess what? We used to use this thing called paper and pens. <laughs> go old school. Write your contract on paper. Make a copy. Leave it at the seller's house. Deliver to the listing agent. Make your offer strong, undeniable, and first. See it first. Write it first. And make sure your offer is presented first. So um, we're going to give you guys a little insight into that. And some of you, believe it or not, Julie, I know you know this is true, they don't have paper contracts because they do everything on DocuSign. Guys, get I paper know. contracts. We're all paperless. Okay, and leave the contract on the seller's kitchen table. Leave it so that it doesn't have to percolate through the listing agent because the listing agent, look, guys, we're going to say some controversial stuff. This is the stuff that pisses some people off, but I don't care because it's going to be of service to the most agents. 
write a contract, leave it on the seller's kitchen counter. There's nothing wrong or illegal about that. That way it doesn't get filtered by the listing agent. If the listing agent has is trying to work a deal with one of their own buyers, and maybe they wouldn't necessarily paint your offer in the brightest of colors because they wanted to get their offer together, you now are taking out the potential potentially biased middleman you know, and presenting your offer to the sellers directly. And I'm going to give you an enhancement on that. A lot of you guys are advanced, experienced agents who are dealing with agents who are not advanced nor experienced and have no clue how to basically present an offer to their agents. And this can go both ways, by the way. And I have a lot of folks that work in the upper end, and this is how they always prefer to do it. Ask to present – and hopefully I'm not stepping on one of your points, Julie, am I? Ask to That's present okay. the offer in person. Mm-hmm. Ask, ask to present the offer in person. So we're going to call that point number two, Julie. So ask to, so when you have when you have an offer – when you have an offer uh, from your buyer, literally you want to present it to the seller. You're going to take it to their house with the, seller, with the listing agent there probably, and you're going to present it at the same time. We've had some people who actually would have the agent – I'm sorry, would present the offer to the seller with the buyers being there. You know, now maybe it's in a different room or, you know, sometimes that can create some tension if people don't behave themselves. But the moral of the story is, is go direct. If you're confident enough with your ability to sell your buyer's offer to that list or to that seller, then you should just basically maybe figure out a way for you to do it yourself. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, absolutely. So I think part of this is understand that you have more options than just doing your standard issue DocuSign. I mean, stuff goes wrong with DocuSign sometimes. They think they signed it. They didn't. They think you got copied on it. They didn't. Their spouse is out of town. They haven't signed it yet. I mean, I understand the delays, but you don't want to lose the house over it. So we'll just say the next point, because I lose track of which number. I guess maybe this is That's all right. I'll tell you, Julie. I know know what you did. I know. You're having your coffee. So point number three, Julie – it's now find the listing, find agent. listing agent. Right. Yeah. Find the listing agent. Hey, it's Friday. We can be a little we don't we don't have to be so rigid. Point number right. three is find the listing agent. Ask what's the most addition to the price to the seller. So that's a really good point. And uh Julie, why don't you pontificate a bit on that well, one? Well so here's the objection that you guys have, because you've heard this point before. Find the listing agent. Ask what's most important. Well, they're not calling me back. I can't find them. Whatever. How about this? Go to their office if you have to. Text them if you have to. Find them on their Facebook if you have to. Okay? Find the listing agent. It matters. One of the strengths that we see with some of our best premier coaching members, Tim, is that they don't take no for an answer. They do what it takes to, be, to really be the squeaky wheel on the buyer's side. And in the process, they're not being obnoxious about it. They're actually building rapport with the listing agents. While they are earning, while they're learning to be listing agents themselves, they're getting the reputation of being the offer that you want to accept because it's clean, it's strong, and it's first. But you've got to find the listing agent. Call their broker How many if you, you have to. Go ahead. How many of you guys are meeting with your buyers and you're just basically, oh, you want to buy it? Okay, we'll write it up, put it on DocuSign. You're sending it over, and then you're sending an email to the listing agents, and you're surprised that your offers don't come together. You guys have to be urgent. You have to be aggressive. You have to get in the agent's face. Sometimes you have to get in the seller's face. You have to basically get do your job, what these buyers are trusting you to do, and take that ball into the end zone. If you're just passively waiting and thinking there's some sort of mysterious written and concrete uh, system for how basically offers are presented, you're going to lose every time. You know, I should actually say this. 
New agents, you really think that when a listing agent gets your offer and they get other offers, you don't think they're preferring one offer over another because maybe they like the other agent better or maybe because oh, yeah. they just, you know, who knows what? If people are people, right? You know, there's very few agents that are going to have the um, professional acuity, I would say, to remove all biases from the offer that they strongly suggest the seller take. You know, sometimes you guys are submitting offers and they're not even really getting presented. They're not getting presented like they deserve to be presented because you're not making sure that your buyer's being truly represented. So be aggressive about it. Be a little obnoxious about it with a smile. <laughs> you know, be a little obnoxious with a smile and get your houses in contract. So, Julie, I think would be point number four yes. would be have a real lender's letter, not a boilerplate lender's letter. We talk about this like, you know, 10 times a week on the show. Your buyer's letter should explicitly state that they have all the requirements, ratios, employment, credit, down payment, income, not contingent on anything but appraisal and identification of the house. And I'll summarize it um, really quickly. When you get a lender's letter, it's if it says verification of on the lender's letter, usually in the second or the third paragraph, or it says subject to anything other than the appraisal of the home, you have a worthless, totally, completely toilet paper worthy lender's letter literally has no value. Don't even think that your lender has done any good job uh, qualifying the buyer. Any listing agent in this market, they're going to always prefer a cash buyer, but the second buyer they're always going to prefer is a buyer that's actually had their uh, the loan completely approved with the only subject to or contingency being the uh, appraisal of the home. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to past podcasts or change your lender. And, and here's here's your homework from this call. Call your lender up and say, next time I send you a buyer, you have to do a three-merge credit report, and you have to do all the verifications so that when I get that lender's letter, the only thing that their financing is contingent on is the appraisal of the property that they want to purchase. Okay? Anything other than that, the lender didn't do their job, uh, and may, you have a ser non-serious buyer. That's just really, truly the bottom line. Julie, next point? That's it. Okay, next point. I know you guys get a little bit uh, irritated with this, but this is happening in your markets, and sometimes the reason you're losing out for your buyer Next point is write a letter of appreciation to the seller. Why should the seller accept your buyer's offer versus everyone else's? We love the backyard. It's the, it's the only neighborhood we want to live in. We've seen everything else. All of your neighbor's houses stink compared to yours, whatever it takes. The most, the most radical form of this I have seen is on the buyer's side. This was in uh, Washington, D.C., and the buyers were one of the buyers was a dentist. In his letter, he included a year of free dental care for the seller's family. Now, that's pretty radical, but he got it accepted. So not every market is going to that extreme, but you need to know what's happening in your market, which is the next point, number five, number six. Well, know Julie, what let's, is let's competitive. Julie, yes, Julie, ahead. let's embellish that ever so slightly. Now, sure. I'm not – I'm not – guys, let's listen. Just thinking out of the box here, okay? You guys could do signing bonuses for the seller. If the seller agrees to negotiate your contract or you know, basically deal with your buyers first, then basically they get a signing bonus just for basically considering your offer first. You know, all this is disclosed. Everyone knows it's happening, so there's no big secrets or mysteries. Julie, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I am. Yep. Okay. I heard the phone click. So you can do other creative things like that. Really, the point is, is you have to be aggressive in getting your offer in front of that seller. And sometimes your barrier to entry is going to get past the listing or the, the listing agent. Not all listing agents are experienced. Sometimes they just got the listing because, you know, they sit next to them at church or they're friends with them or whatever. They don't necessarily have a real professional, you know, deep level background expertise kind of thing. So you're going to have to basically be the one that maybe carries the ball into the end zone 
for you know everybody, including the seller and the listing agent. Next point, Julie. Next point, know what is actually competitive in your market. Know why you're losing out when you lose. Are buyers offering, for example, non-refundable earnest money? Are they waiving the inspections entirely? Learn what it actually takes to compete. Don't have the attitude that, oh, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. I could never advise you to do that. Remember, your job is to actually get them the house that they want in today's market conditions. Now, you can't do that if you don't actually know. And this is where the more inexperienced agents suffer the most, I think, Tim, and they've got to do some more research, talk to their brokers, ask other agents when they lose an offer, find out why you lost the offer. That way you can be more competitive and not lose out of ignorance or out of arrogance. See, I think the grizzled veterans lose out of arrogance sometimes. Oh, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. I've never seen it before. But the the ones without the experience lose it because they don't actually know what's going on. And that's why there's so much frustration out there on the buyer side. So find out what's competitive and compete at that level. Just makes sense. Point Let me give you guys seven. a little yeah. go ahead. Well well let's give Sorry. a little little enhancement on that one, okay? So one of the little tricks you guys can do is sometimes you're going to have blockhead buyers, like all of them, and sometimes you're going to have to basically get them to understand the nature of the market and the nature of the competitive situation and whatever house they're thinking about buying. And you don't want to have to have them have go through a whole bunch of failed contracts before they finally you know, wake up to the fact that they have to be more aggressive. So one of the things you can do is you can call the listing agent with them listening in Okay, and you know maybe you just put it on speakerphone. They're not allowed to say anything, right? But call the listing agent with them listening in, and ask the listing agent what it's going to take to get the property together. Ask what's important uh, for the sellers. Ask how many offers they're anticipating. Ask if they're anticipating the price to go over the asking price. Ask all those questions in front of the the buyers, and the buyers will then you know you'll find magically all of a sudden the guy who thought he was Mr. Negotiator is going to kind of melt and realize that he has to be more aggressive to get the property together. So guys, don't be afraid to do that, and just make sure the buyers don't say anything. Um, you know, and that's going to be another effective way for you to get to write really strong offers. Uh, next point, Julie. Yeah. Yes, and you know what's funny about all this, Tim, is that when the market swings back to being a buyer's market, we'll have like almost sheerly opposite points with our shows. So that'll be interesting, right? Um, so fear not, when it goes the other direction, we'll make sure we have your backs there too. So point number seven, counsel your buyers, actually educate them on what it means to be buying in a seller's market so that they do what it takes to actually buy the home they're looking for. One of the things that our agents tell us when they do get a little more hardcore on this is that the buyers like almost can't even believe what they're being asked to do. We did a show on this, uh, I think, two weeks ago, is how to make sure the buyers know that you're still on their side. So go back and listen to that podcast, but take a second to educate them on why they're being asked to do all this stuff. Okay, point number eight, stop working with buyers or claiming that you're working with them if you're not willing to do all of these points that we're talking about. I think that it really becomes almost malpractice if you understand all of these things, but you're not willing to do them, and yet you say you're working with buyers on their behalf to find them what they want, but if you're not willing or you don't have time or you're unable or whatever the case may be, stop lying to them. Refer them off to somebody who will. Does that make sense, Tim? It's kind of being hard on them, but I really think that's true. It does. And I think, Julie, we're on point number nine. And, nine. I, and so, guys, this does not apply to everybody, but here's the next point. If you're in an area where there's new construction, uh, and most of the country right now has a lot of new construction that is not in the MLS. As a matter of fact, most of it's not going to be in the MLS. 
you need to know the new construction like the back of your hand because in this market, the new construction is dominating in terms of basically dictating what prices are going to be. New construction almost always will kick the butt of resale. So if you're in a situation where basically you can't find a house for a buyer because it's not in the MOS or if you can't find a house for a buyer because it's, you know, maybe you think they're too particular because the condition of the resale house is stink compared to like what they are expecting, take them to see new construction. You, again, are going to have to go, and there's different ways you can go about finding this information. The built, there's usually a local building association, the BIA. Join the BIA. Find out who the active developers are. But you can also go online and oftentimes do a lot of searching just using Google and find out the new developments that sure. are getting started. I mean, there's so many subdivisions that are happening across the country. That is the market in many of your markets. So definitely know the reset or know the new construction. And then, hey, it'll advance coaching here. Get to know the folks that are running the offices. A lot of times, the people that run the uh, the sales reps in the offices of the new construction places, they only can sell in that particular neighborhood. They don't have real estate licenses, and they're not allowed to you know, sell competing products or even sell resale or anything like that. So they will be looking for a steady stream of buyers. And if you can bring them a steady stream of buyers, chances are they're going to then send you some sellers. In other words, buyers that have to sell their houses before they can purchase with them, they're going to probably want to flip those uh, listings to you if you have a relationship. Most of the new builders don't have formalized relationships with real estate brokerages. The relationships come from individual agents befriending the individual new build reps, so that could become a very powerful spoke. We've had many, many coaching clients who have sold thousands of houses off doing just what I just described to you. So I hopefully we're motivating you guys with a great idea. And, of course, point number uh, 10, Julie. Yes, I think. become the uh, listing agent. <laughs> okay, Listing agents know that they have a sale. Okay, That's like 99 times out of 100, <laughs> especially right now. If you are one buyer's agent competing against 10, 12, 20 offers, or you are the listing agent, who knows they've got a paycheck coming? The listing agent, they know it's good and sold, probably with backup offers. It's just a better lifestyle. Again, as we often say, we are not anti-buyer. It takes buyers to make the world go around. You've got to have buyers to buy the listings. But we also are very pro-listing agent because it's simply more efficient. It's more predictable. And, yes, it does require more skill, which is why we work tremendously on that in our premier coaching class. We talk a lot about listing skills and handling sellers and different objection handling and ways to present and overcome things. So that's why you have to have a pre-listing package, especially now to compete. But think about it. Which would you rather be? Tim, you always use the example if you have five listings or five buyers – I mean, who's the agent that's starting to lose their marbles, right? The, the one with the listings probably can have a nice long weekend. The one with the buyers, they're probably going to have to show like, you know, 20, 30 properties. Not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but wouldn't you rather have a life? Anyway, I So, Julie, I had, an I had an interesting conversation with a broker this morning. I haven't told you about this. And here's here's his paradigm. He's, he came to us. He's, he, you know, basically has this brokerage and these uh, – for one reason or another, they've been buying buyer leads for their agents. And a lot of brokers are stuck in this paradigm. Team leaders are stuck in this situation. And, you know, they're losing money. They're not selling enough houses. The buyers aren't buying. The, the buyer's agents or the agents in his office who are getting these leads, you know, that's how he attracted them in the office. I'll give you buyer leads. You know, you don't have to buy them yourself. I'll give them to you. You know, they're not producing. They're not, you know, converting. They're then saying the leads stink. You guys see how this is basically a never-ending black hole, wasting money, wasting potentiality, you know, losing another year where you could be making money. 
guys, look, the days of buying buyer leads has come to an end. It just doesn't work like it did 10, 15 years ago. If you're in the market right now, the, not, the amount of leads you have to buy in order to generate a transaction is like, I don't even know how many more than it was, say, 10 years ago, probably 300% more. So do you really have the money to spend continuously looking for that one needle on a haystack? Look, guys, I don't doubt that 15, maybe, I don't know, probably in the mid-90s, right, when the Internet came out, right, when Realtor.com came out, I'm not going to doubt that buying leads off those portals was a great idea because there wasn't a lot of agents doing it. It wasn't oversaturated. I mean, now when you guys become premier agents with Zillow, you know, I love Zillow as a site from a consumer's perspective. I think it's fantastic. But from an agent's perspective now, when you guys become a premier agent and, you, you know, basically buying leads from Zillow, you guys don't – those aren't exclusively your leads. You're still competing for those leads. You know, and it's crazy that you guys are still doing that, that you're still spending money on that. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and because you have an option. You have an option that's called becoming a listing agent, and that's where you guys have to be focusing your best energies. Stop fighting the inevitability of the fact that you know you finally have to learn the skill set so you can actually start being in control of your business. Stop struggling with that. Stop believing that you can make something work, that maybe it did work in the past. I don't doubt it, but it doesn't work now. This, when the, you know, there's an old saying, and, I, and this was said by um, – Charles, um, I can't remember his name, but it's when the going gets tough, the smart leave, okay? And I know that's counterintuitive to what a lot of things are we're, uh, we're taught growing up. You know, Julie and I are from Ohio, and trust me, I know that the old saying is when the going gets tough, the smart get going. But the reality of it is, is when the going gets tough, the smart leave. And that translated means that if you're doing something, it, you, everything you did last year or even six months ago needs to be improved upon. And don't be surprised if what you did in the past no longer works. That's the nature of things it's always been that way it always will be that way in a digital age it's even more that way. it's even that way even more so oh charles schwab by the way is the one who said that so you guys have to really be focused on the fact that if you're still trying to make something work that only worked marginally well a few years ago and you're finding yourself frustrated spending money not getting what you want to get out of uh, your business it's your fault at this point because you know better if you've only listened to our podcast once you know there's a different path to follow. Yes, it will require you learning some skill. Yes, it's going to require you learning some discipline. Yes, it's going to require you doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's the truth. It will. But the payoffs, the dividends, the, amount of, the lifestyle improvements you guys will experience, the people you'll be able to help as a result of finally truly becoming a professional, it will change your world. Everything will look different. Everything will – I mean, seriously, guys – when you get to that point professionally, when you have that level of confidence, you're going to be so much happier with your business, so much happier with yourselves. But you've got to stop following these false profits with regards to buying leads. It just is going to make you broke, but it's going to make you insane first, and it's going to make you doubt yourself. And that's what breaks my heart for all of you guys that are still stuck in that paradigm. You know, you get your licenses, most of you, and then you're told, well, go out and buy buyer leads. Okay, I guess that's what I'm going to do. And then the buying buyer leads doesn't work. And then, you know, you're then starting to question yourself. You burn yourself out of the business. You get out of the business with a bunch of credit card debt from having bought leads. And you think to yourself, well, I gave it a try. I guess I'm just going to give up on all my big goals and dreams and ambitions. If that's happening even in the tiniest ways to you right now, it, you have got to put it into it. You've got to stop allowing yourself to slide down that, you know, that black hole. You have to prevent yourself 
from allowing yourself to believe that you are not good enough to be succeed at incredibly high levels in this business. You are in the right place at the right time. Now, it's really truly necessary that you take the right actions and acknowledge the fact that sometimes things don't work, not because you don't work, but because the things you're trying to do to get to work don't work. That's the when the going gets tough, the smart leave part, right? So, look, anytime we can be of any help to you guys in any way, email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. And remember, guys, if you've not had your free coaching call yet, you are entitled as our listener to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. Just go to free coaching calls for agents, free coaching calls for agents.com. They're going to help you get started on your real estate treasure map, which is your uh, business plan. They're going to help you get started on your, you know, focusing on basically uh, your lead generation spokes. Really, this is the actions you guys need to be taking. Look, again, you are in the right place at the right time. Some of you have been waiting your entire lives to have that feeling, okay? That feeling you need to manifest with inside yourselves. Stop looking for something external to make you feel that way. I am here to tell you. I am the voice that's telling you. You are in the right place at the right time. You are in real estate. You have a real estate license. You have an absolute ability to help thousands of folks. You now just have to take the actions necessary. You've been walking your entire life, some of you, hoping that one day you trip on a piece of gold that's letting you know where the gold mine is. It's right underneath your feet. You've got to start digging. That's the bottom line. If there's anything we can do for you, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Remember, guys, we have hundreds of shows. You can go back and listen to it anytime. Um, a lot of you guys listen to us on the on the weekends uh, to catch up or listen to past shows. They're all over on timandjulieharris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>